no company, no organization, no entity can function and be efficient without a mission statement. Can you? Can you and I, as individuals, function and be efficient without our personal mission? It's a very important question to ask. But the bigger question is, how do we find our mission? We're so busy, so overwhelmed with the pressures of life, expectations, demands, to make ends meet, to pay our bills, to fulfill family needs, personal needs. And we're inundated today, especially with technology, from every direction. So we sometimes don't even have the time to even think about it. But we weren't brought up in a system, in a school, in a home that taught us, here is your mission, find your mission. Shouldn't that be the hub that drives everything else? So please join me in this vital conversation on how do I find my calling? Hi, this is Simon Jacobson, and we will be speaking about how do I find my calling. This program is dedicated by Joanna Schwartz in memory of her husband, Shlomo Michael. You don't need to go to business school to know. Business 101 is that every business, every entity, every organization any enterprise needs to have a mission statement. That's where it all begins. To break it down perhaps further, a vision statement and a mission statement. What is the vision? What is the mission of this entity? The truth is, any business plan, any document, anything that you create needs to define what is the goal. We're going to build a house. We're going to build a particular type of business. We're going to undertake a certain project. So you define what is the goal of the project. You define a timeline. And then you create milestones. You create stages of how you get there. A tactical plan. Without that initial mission statement, you can have a company, even if it's a company of one person. But what is the objective? Where do you invest money? What are you trying to accomplish? I mean, a classic mission statement is Google's mission statement. And that is to organize all the information of the world and make it readily accessible. I'm paraphrasing more or less. That's the language. It runs its company with, a, with over, over 100,000 employees, the billions of dollars invested, and the billions made even more. It's simple. It's unique. It's not generic. And it's achievable and measurable. So that's a given. But when it comes to our personal lives, how many of us even think, think about that? So if we were asked, do you have a mission statement? And I've tested this. Many people answer, oh, I never thought of it that way. But if, since you're asking, what's my purpose, what's my mission? To be happy, to make a lot of money, to bring up a healthy family, 
That's the usual responses. But those are all beautiful things. They don't qualify for a mission. To say, for example, that an organization or a company or corporations, mission is to create happy employees or happy clients or happy customers. Or the mission is to make money or to bring up or to bring up a, uh, a healthy uh, a client, a healthy infrastructure, that is a given. Every company is supposed to do that. A mission has to be unique. What's unique to you? In addition, if you look at what a mission, it's always going to address not the company owners that we're going to make a lot of money. We're going to serve a certain need that will help people, and they in turn will support us through their being their loyal customers or loyal clients or however the structure is, uh, is established. So in that context, most of us, I think more, um, I would say almost everyone, was never asked, asked to, told to ask that question. Not in school, not at home, not in the street, not on the, in the media. But if you think about it, it's the single most important question in life because that should drive everything else. As I'm fond of always saying, you ask somebody, who are you? And they respond by giving you their business card or today their contact information, their website. But that's what you do. That's not who you are. And the response often is, well, I've been doing it so long. It so preoccupies my life that what I do has become who I am. How sad is that? But who you are should define what you do, not the other way around. But that's very difficult to do in midlife. It's very difficult to do once you're on the roller coaster and in the rat race and ready to have your responsibilities and obligations and commitments. It would be great from young age if we were taught that. So frankly, this discussion is about both. How to teach our children to think that way. And of course, even with ourselves, it's never too late. No one's suggesting you have to stop everything. But it's important to ask that question not just once in your life, all the time. And establish what is my calling. But this takes us back to even a bigger question. Who, do we, who says we have a calling? Who says I have a mission? I've had that question asked as well. Who says? Yes, it's true there's no company, there's no entity that can exist without a mission. But who says we have? Maybe we're just an accident. Companies are built very deliberately with a purpose, with a goal. And there's a way of succeeding, there's a way of failing. And there's an accountability. And if you're not going to have a focused mission, different people are going to be doing different things in the entity. We see, even with a mission, how difficult it is to keep things aligned. But especially without one. And you'll waste a lot of resources, even if there's deep pockets and a lot of money. At some point, the debtors are going to come knocking on the door. So you can't get away with it. But in our personal lives, who says we have a mission? It's been the question asked many times. So this takes us back to our assumptions, our axioms. And obviously in every conversation you need to have some axioms. So I'm not going to spend now time to argue the point. My assumption is that most of us feel and resonates more with us that I'm here for some purpose, that I'm not here by accident. So I'm not just spending time and figuring out what to do with the time I have on earth. But yes, there's some deeper purpose to my life. Do I have absolute proof? Am I going to go into the proof? It's not for this discussion. That's a whole other discussion. 
that goes down into to, does life have purpose and so on. But for all practical purposes, let us just say that resonates more with myself and I hope also with you. And if not, by all means, the question is a legitimate one. I'll definitely address it and I'd love to hear from you if you want me to speak about that more. But it's just the way life works. You wake up in the morning. It's just the way people work is that I'm going to accomplish something today. Now you'll say, is it easier not to? Yeah, listen, people walk around on this earth and people walk around doing nothing and trying to just kill time and get bored and then find other ways to relieve their boredom and so on. But I think that most of us will agree that it's a healthier approach to life. Your children are going to school for a purpose. You're going to work for a purpose. Even if you go for leisure, there's a purpose. And that's the purpose that, that purpose is what drives the other details. So with that assumption, let us discuss how we do that. I want to just add one more thing in the value of having a calling and having a purpose. The sense of urgency, the sense of belonging, the sense of accomplishment. One of the most difficult things in life is when at the end of the day you feel I didn't do anything today. What does it do? It undermines our own self-confidence. It weakens our spirit. It's demoralizing. So one of the simplest things I always tell people in any situation, if someone's going through the doldrums or they're a little depressed or they're not satisfied, even if things happen in life that sometimes we can't control, find something that every day you can say at the end of the day, I'm proud of what I did. Volunteer. Take a walk with a needy child, with a child with special needs. Take a, to help somebody that has a, a particular emotional need. Share something meaningful. Bring a smile to a person. Even things like that. When I say even, they're not even there. They're big things. But even simpler things like that that don't sound like major dramatic events, at the end of the day you can say, Today's day was used to the fullest, maybe not to the fullest, but at least to some extent. The last thing you want is the end of the day is say, today, what did I accomplish? Today, nothing. It may not seem like much, but these things add up and they either strengthen and bolster your spirit or they undermine it or demoralize it. So taking us back to the idea of purpose calling creates that type of urgency, creates a certain... Uh, pressure even, to excel. You see this with athletes. You see people wherever, wherever there's success. They have a goal. They want to run a 21-mile marathon. They want to win a tennis match. So it's all driven by a goal. And often there is a resistance, a competition, or an opponent, or something that's resisting, and you overcome it, which makes you stronger. You need to be more innovative, more creative, all of these things bring out the best in us. So that to me is already an experiential proof of the value of purpose. Because you see, purpose makes you a better person. It makes you more fulfilled, more actualized. Without that, why would you do it? You only do what you need to do. Because whatever the pressure is, you need to do a job. I'll do the job, I get paid, and I go home. But when you also sense that it's my, my calling is a, there's an urgency, changes the whole attitude to life which of course leads us to the next benefit, which is it preempts so much of the problems in life. Because most problems come when there's a vacuum. When you're not feeling good about yourself, 
you're feeling empty, you're feeling bored, you're not feeling motivated, what do you think is going to happen? A human being, by definition, thrives on movement, thrives on some fulfillment. So you'll find it elsewhere, which explains so much of the crises today in so many areas, whether it's, uh, whether it's opioids or whether it's other addictions or behaviors that we act out in different ways, self-destructive, whether you're functional or not is another story, but the point being is we look for always outlets, some relief, some existential relief to the loneliness or to the lack of fulfillment that often we experience. How does you preempt that? You have a calling. You have a, you're on the offense. You're not playing defense. Okay, so with all that said, of course, the question is, how do I find my calling? So there's two steps, two general steps. One is to ask the question. I know it doesn't sound like much, but it is much. The expression is, the question of a wise person is half an answer. Another way of putting it, awareness of a problem is half a cure. Ask the question. And not just once. Ask the question on a daily basis. Why am I here? What is my calling? An astronaut goes to space to land on the moon or for some other purpose. Every step of the way is driven by that purpose. What is the reason that you are here on this earth? So the question should bother you in a good way because that motivates you to find an answer. Step two is searching for the answer. But don't underestimate. Once you ask the question and you really care about it, you'll be surprised how many answers will come your way. Will it be answered overnight? No. You don't want anything overnight. Anything built overnight also dies overnight. You want something that's built slowly. But the first thing is cognizance, awareness, question. And then comes the second part in finding the answer. So as a matter of fact, as precisely for this purpose, I worked a few years ago creating a course. We call it Midlife Miracle or Discover Your Personal Mission. Precisely for this purpose. So I want to share with you a little taste of that course where it's defined in a formula. I created a formula that once you ask the question, here's how you find the answer. You find the answer by exploring, you know what? Not, nothing out there, you. Because if it's your purpose and not mine, it has to be tailored and fit and customized to your identity. So really, this is an exploration of knowing yourself of discovering yourself. And the more you get to know and discover yourself, the more you'll be able to find your mission. Now, it would be very nice if we were all born, we come out of our mother's womb with a little box or operator's manual that says, your purpose is so-and-so. But that's not the case. So then how do we find it? Where do we look? So you look at who you are. Each of us has our a unique situation. These are the signposts, if you wish. These are the dots that when you start looking at them and connecting them, will tell you what your purpose is. So here's the formula. Pop plus P plus H equals M. And I'll spell it out. Pop is P-O-P-P. Your personality, your opportunities, the people you know, the places you've been to, plus P, your passion, plus H, 
a higher calling, equals M, your mission. So let's spell it out. And if you're interested to further pursue it, check out the course. It's on our site, MeaningfulLife.com. Midlife Miracle or Discover Your Personal Mission. So let's begin with personality. Different personalities are different types. There are some people who are more cerebral. There are some people more emotional. There are some people introverts, extroverts. People are good in the front end. They're good with people. People, 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 as we call them. I'm a people person. There are people that are good in the back end. Good with data. Analysis. And the list goes on. Some of us are musical and creative. Some of us are much more technical and uh, mathematical, if you wish. Just giving quick examples. Some of us are very loving. Love comes to us easily. Others are far more discretion, much more cautious. So identifying your personality is vital. Because, for example, let's say you decide, I love to be like a friend of mine who's a very a socialite. That, I think, should be my mission. I want to make connections to people. I want to introduce people to people. I want to be a networker. But it doesn't fit your personality. It's just not that type. Nothing wrong with that. But that would be like fitting a, uh, a square into a circle, in a circle, a peg, into a circle, a, a square peg into a circle hole. It won't work. You'll have to force it. So it's critical to understand yourself, understand your strengths, understand what you're good at. Even if you're not trained, but what you gravitate to. That tells you a tremendous amount. That means why were you given this type of personality? Because you can use that to fulfill your mission. The next thing is opportunities. Each of us have different opportunities. I have opportunities that have come my way and come my way different than yours. That's another sign. That's another signpost. Number three, the places, the people, I should say, the people you know, connections. It could be through family. It could be through friends. It could be through a school. It could be you've just met people wherever you may be. These people open up opportunities as well. They can connect you to someone. They introduce you to someone. Never ignore that. And number four is places. We're born in different places. We live in different places. So for a person who's living in one part of the world to say my mission may be another part on the under the world, it may be. But if you're not there, it's not likely that's your mission at this point at least. So to look at where you are, your environment. And again, the opportunities and other things that it, it... So that's why you'll see people in certain places, when they look that way, it opened up certain situations that was unique to them because they lived there. They understood the climate, they understood the, the psychology of the place and so on. Then comes the next is passion. What are you passionate about? You see, all these are questions. As we said, the question of a wise person is half an answer. The question is, what's your personality like? Your opportunity, what are your opportunities like? The people you know, who are the people you know? The places you've been to? What is your passion? What are you passionate about? Some people would say, I love music. I love to read. I love to travel. I love to help people. All these are extremely valuable because these are your so-called visceral or uh, inherent passions. And again, I'm trying to focus on things that are both healthy and also natural to you. Could be you've developed a passion for something. We shouldn't rule that out either. 
But the more natural, the more likely it fits you. That you're not doing it because someone else is doing it and you're just following along. Plus higher colic. You'll see, even in for-profit corporations and entities, it never a mission is never for us to enrich ourselves. It's always going to be we're serving a need. We're serving some purpose. Serving some good. Now, some companies, the good may not be very good, but people think it's good. So I'm not getting into now moral, a moral judgment on the matter. But as long as people think it's good, you're selling them something. How much more so in a personal mission, higher calling? How is it in some way helping the human race? How is it helping other people? And that, take all that, fill in all the blanks, and you will start developing your mission. I'll use myself as an example, as a guinea pig. So as a teenager, I was blessed that I didn't have to, I, I did search and it was agonizing, but it didn't take me a lifetime. At some point, when I began to realize that I have a soul, that I have a deeper sense of life, and I realized that there's a deeper meaning to everything around me, that was through exploring especially mystical teachings, Kabbalistic teachings, spiritual teachings. And I realized that life is not just the mechanical part of eating and sleeping and, and walking and talking and so on, but there is an inner force. So I was essentially seeking, without knowing that I was, my purpose, why I'm here. I could say I was somewhat of a rebel without a cause. I had the energy, I wanted to do something that would make a mark, but I didn't know what the cause was. I didn't have the mission yet. At some point, without going into all the details, because I'm not here to discuss my biography right now, but rather um, to make a point, and that is, I realized I have the skill to write. I like writing. I like reading. I like communicating. Was I great at it? I still don't know how great I am, but I liked it. I, I was drawn to it. I gravitated to it. And I began getting involved in the area I was working then. It was more research, academic work, encyclopedic work. I was working on a Hasidic encyclopedia, which was taking a lot of material, distilling it, and turning it into like an encyclopedia, into entries. Something I really loved doing. I felt it was meaningful. I felt it was giving me information, knowledge. I was learning through experience, through mistakes. I was hanging around people who were better, <laughs> better, <laughs> excuse me, better at it than I was. All that added to something that was really giving me every morning and every day a drive. So again, it wasn't a deliberate, someone said, this is your mission, but I was doing it. And I came to realize, till this day, even though it's many, many years later, we're talking about 50, almost 50 years later, I'm still doing it just in a more organized way. Basically using my skills, my personality type, opportunities that came my way, the people and the places I was at, to do what? The passionate thing I was driven, to use communication skills to help people find their mission, to help people get rid of some of the clutter. In the words of Michelangelo, how do you carve those, sculpt those beautiful angels in the marble? And he said, I carved and car I saw the angels trapped in the marble and I carved and carved and set them free. So I was blessed with some of these skills to some extent, to see through things, be able to see through the smoke screens, try to understand the root of an issue instead of the symptoms. 
and to use my writing skills, my communication skills, to help as many people as I can with the teachings that I grew up with, universal teachings, I would call them psycho-spiritual teachings, psychological-spiritual teachings that help us understand the x-ray of your inner life and then develop life skills to actualize it and discover your calling and be the best you can be. I'm using it only as an example. So you may have different skills entirely, different skill set, and different opportunities, and different personality, and all the other elements I mentioned, but ultimately put them together, and the higher calling. It's not about, I wanted to write because I like to write. I wanted to write to serve a need. I saw a problem. You see problems today. There are many issues. There are many challenges. It's actually one of the ways to get yourself going is to ask yourself, what is there, what's the problem that you are trying to solve? And that, in turn, causes your creative juices to begin to flow to figure out how to resolve it. So you have to just fit it into your pop plus P plus H, and you will discover your M, your calling in life. Now, the key thing to remember is that this doesn't have to be done overnight. This doesn't have to all be done. It's a slow process. Try it out. Start. And you'll see. It'll be small discoveries small little epiphanies, and then maybe a big one. But if you begin the process and you ask the questions, I can assure you things will emerge. And be patient. If it doesn't emerge immediately, don't give up. Continue. You continue. And start in small little successes. Just like you train someone to condition someone to run a 21-mile marathon, you don't run 21 miles in one day. You train, run a mile then a mile and a half, two miles, make goals. Same thing here. Try on a daily basis, I mentioned before, to do something today that's meaningful, something you really feel fits the bill, something that fits your personality, opportunities, people, places, passion, but helping someone and helping someone else. I mentioned before, take a walk with a child that perhaps needs a little more company. Share a kind word someone that needs a smile. I mean, the list goes on. Put yourself out there. Look for a need. And not, don't force it. Something that comes natural to you. Have a difficulty? Ask a friend. I mean, you know, I have a few extra minutes, a few extra time. We all have time. Today with technology, you don't even have to travel anywhere. You can do it online. Share a nice thought once a day with your contacts. Anything that you're taking initiative, that you're not reacting to, that you're being proactive, means you are actualizing your calling. Now, cumulatively, it's coming to define ultimately what is my general calling, what is my overarching mission. But don't, you don't have to wait for that. Because these things will teach you much. Because things will resonate with you. I say, you know what? What I did yesterday was really good. I've suggested to many to do what I said Every day, send out at least one nice, kind thought. You don't have to even write it yourself. You could share it. You can forward it to your contact list, your friends. You'll get feedback. You'll get thank yous. But the point here is not to, to make you feel good about yourself. It's also you're actually serving. And you realize, hey, you know what? People really appreciate this. So what do you, what's going to happen next? What do you think? You'll do it again. And maybe you'll add to it. And you never know where that, where that goes. These are the approaches... Basically, it's doing these little moves 
that, are init- that you're initiating, that you're being proactive. That's the way we activate the mission part, the calling within you. That's how it works. And then, as I said, in time, sometimes be very quick, sometimes it may take a little more time, you start realizing things emerge. No matter what you're doing right now, you may be at work and you have a job, not suggesting changing your job. Infuse your work with this. Put a charity box on your desk with, the, with your co-workers or your employees or employer, employers. Share something with them. Do something. Invite them. Maybe do a, make an event once a month in your house. Host something. And not for any particular business function. Just to get people together to talk. I mean, you could have several multi-purpose. All these things are examples. But do them in the context of your personality, opportunities, people, places, passion. And always with that higher calling, that H. And you will see your mission emerging. Emerging is the word I'm using. It's like when you water a flower, you don't pull the flower out of the ground. You water it and the flower emerges. Respect the emerging and respect the process. It's a process. Because you're looking to actualize that which is already there within you. You're not looking to go to a store and buy my mission. You're not going to buy and purchase a mission. It's there already in, within you, waiting to be released, waiting to be unleashed with your tremendous potential along with it. Because what, what the mission carries with it is all that potential to actualize that mission, that calling. So, of course, a topic like this requires a lot more. I think that this is a good beginning, if you wish. Check out the course, Midlife Miracle, Discover Your Personal Mission on our site. And please, I'd love to hear feedback, thoughts, comments, and share. Imagine every one of us in this world shared this idea. We could have 8 billion people on this planet pursuing their mission. And what you discover is that missions complement each other. We're all indispensable musical notes in one large cosmic composition, all complementing each other, all necessary. And together we create a synergy that's more than the sum of the parts. So it's quite exciting. This alone is a mission to do that for yourself and for everyone around you. And may you be blessed. And we're going now into the Hebrew year, the new year, which frankly is really a new year for all people. The creation of the world, the creation of the human being, It's the collective birthday of the human race, which is the collective mission of the human race. And of course, also the individual mission of each individual. So may we be blessed with this new energy coming, Rosh Hashanah energy, the New Year energy, to find renewal within us, to find a renewed commitment, renewed mandate, renewed contract with the purpose and meaning of your life. Thank you. This has been Simon Jacobson, MeaningfulLife.com. You could check out this and many other programs. We have a wide array of offerings. Please take advantage of them. Please subscribe to our growing YouTube channel as well as our other uh, materials. And again, love to hear your feedback. And please share. Thank you and be blessed. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.